Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is August 2nd, 2017. I cannot believe it's already August. Oh, my God. Okay, so the kids are going to be going back to school in a couple of weeks, and let me just say they're thrilled. Not really. <laughs> I'm not very excited about it. I don't know why. They both really enjoy school, but, of course, they're sad to see summer end, as is probably true for a lot of kids and parents. You know, I'm not one of those parents who's eager for them to go back. You know, I love it when they're in school. I love it when they're out of school. And it just so happens that during this summer vacay, we spent a lot of time doing some really cool stuff. So we were traveling all over the place, which we haven't done in a very long time. Our most recent trip, I may have mentioned before, on another episode was to Montreal. I was able to attend the Positive Psychology Conference. It was the Fifth World Congress on Positive Psychology. So I was very excited to be able to attend that. And it was just so much fun to be in Montreal and to be able to be around so many different languages being spoken, you know. For me, it was the French language because I love the French language. So I get I got to practice that a little bit. Um, I'm still a little bit shy about practicing. I need to get out of that, you know. My French teacher told me, just do it, just do it. Okay, okay, okay. And then when I would try, um, the people would revert to English automatically. <laughs> and then I'd try in French again and they'd say things in English, but I kept trying and eventually they would let me keep trying in French a little bit more each time. And it was awesome. So I appreciated that back and forth with some of the people that I met while I was in Montreal and the train trip was awesome. I highly recommend train travel. It's, it, it ha- it's kind of like, uh, and this is what I told my daughter, it's kind of like upscale camping to a certain degree. If you tent camp, you understand you don't have bathrooms. Um, but if you camp with a trailer, you've got, you know, your little porta potty thing inside your, your camp. And I said, so this is sort of upscale camping to some degree when you're taking the train cross country. And we had to take three different trains to get there. But it was very exciting and lots of fun. So that's what's been going on in my world. I hope everything's going well in your neck of the woods. This evening, I have a guest who has been on the show before. And I want to say he was on the show the first year that I had the show going. So this is about the fourth year now. And his name is William Knauer, and he has a show here on Blog Talk Radio um, called Author to Author. Happens to be a great show. If you haven't listened to it, you should. And what attracted me to the show was his style and, and of how he interviews the guests and the questions that he asks. And it, it just, I was enthralled. I loved it. And so then I wanted him to be um, a guest on my show, and I just, I just had to talk to him and everything. So now he's back on the show because he's written a, another book, and this book is called Fearless Writing, How to Create Boldly and Write with Confidence. Love the title. The cover is really awesome, so you need to go check that out. It's over on Amazon, uh, so you can see what other people are saying. has several five-star reviews. Um, it's not so much a how-to book. It's what someone said, and, and so you just go read the reviews. That's all I'm going to say. Go over to Amazon and read the reviews about his book because it sounds like a great read. And I, of course, have not had a chance to pick it up and read it. That's just the way it works when you enter grad school and you're reading everything else but 
fiction. <laughs> I read a lot of nonfiction right now, but I'm not reading that type of nonfiction. I'm reading psychology nonfiction. So it's very pointed, very particular. But I will be looking at this book very soon because I thought, oh, this is going to help me because I, I, I have November to start writing my book again and decided I would pick up On Your Six and try and get it, the draft finished during National Novel Writing Month because I, I'm behind schedule because it's during graduate school. So I want to get that done. So maybe his book will help me you know, sit down, button, chair, and actually get the rest of the book knocked out. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he could tell me. So without further ado, uh, William Knauer, Bill, welcome to Back Porch Writer. Hi. How you doing? Hi. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. And I should let your reader, your listeners know, it is a, uh, Fearless Writing is available on Amazon, but it's available in, where all fine books are sold, coast to of coast. Course. Of course, it's available everywhere. Want. Everywhere you want to go, you know. And I, right. I happen to look at Amazon first sure. because that's just what I do. But I know where it's everybody goes. It's available everywhere. So just yeah. get it wherever you want to get it. You know that that should be the rule. Just go wherever you like to get it. That's right. So, all right. So, how did you land on this? First of all, why this book? I guess why this book? Well, yeah. This is sort of what I teach when I teach. I kind of teach two. I teach memoir writing because I do love that. But I teach this. It's, it fell under many different names. I used to call it craft and confidence uh, for a while, and then I fell on fearless writing as a title. It's what I teach. It's sort of like um, I teach it in at writers' workshops. I teach it in workshops that I run. Uh, I, I used to do a monthly thing at a bookstore nearby where people would come by, and it's really about confidence. It's not about the craft of writing, but about the daily discipline of resting in your confidence, which is where you have to rest if you're going to write. I just was very interested in it. I was always interested in the intersection of what is broadly called spirit. Actually, actually, Corey, now that I think about it, I am interested in what would be called positive psychology, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Not under that name necessarily, but that's essentially what I've always written about, is the power of our thinking and of positivity, and I saw a lot of negativity in the writing world, a lot of fear, a lot of curmudgeonness, a lot mm -hmm. of stories about the, about the market and how crammed it is and how you have to know people and some people are talented and so, all these stories that were no use, and I wanted to help people with their thinking about writing and themselves and their talent and their value and whether they have something to share. And so I was teaching this and teaching this and writing about it on my daily blog for Author Magazine. I also wrote about it in the Huffington Post when I was a, uh, a featured blogger there for a while. So I'd write about this. And finally, we, an agent and I came up with a pitch for Writer's Digest, and they were all for it. And so that book was published in May, and it's just been going great. It's awesome to have it out there where so many people can read it and not just have to know me personally to come to one of my workshops or whatever. So it's available nationwide. It's just, in fact, I just got a client who's in New Zealand who's now working with me because she found the book and is all excited about it. So it's just great. Lots client. of people are, what's that? Client. Everyone needs to client, know you yes. coach. You coach. I do. I'm a writing, I'm like a life coach for writers. So she's writing a memoir. So I'm going to help her with a memoir, but I don't edit, but I coach them in terms of their writing skill, and then all the psychological traps you fall into as you find you can't find time to write, or you're worried what people are going to say about your work, you're worried mm -hmm. if it's any good. I help writers work not just with the sort of 
like like a like a golf coach would work on your swing. I kind of work on writing in that way, helping them focus and strengthen their work, but also strengthen their thinking about their work so they can write confidently and most importantly, Corey, so they can understand what is happening when they don't feel confident, understand what is happening when they are depressed or when they're worried that it's normal, but there's a way to understand what you're going through so you don't get flipped out by those experiences. Does that make sense? Okay. Tell me more about that. So what's the way to understand that? Because I've met well, so, doing this, so I've met one of the things I say, to, I say to like my clients and students is you've got to pay attention to how you feel. And so because writing, first of all, on a very basic level, is about not about what happens. Here, here's some craft for you. It's never about what happens. It's about what it feels like when something's happening because that's the human currency. Our, our, our currency is feelings because everybody on earth wants to feel good Everybody, you know, black, white, young, old, doesn't matter. You want to feel good. So feeling is our human currency. And so we're always writing about what it feels like, you know, not just to stand in the rain, but what does it feel like when you stand in the rain? Because everybody has different experiences. So that's sort of on a craft level. But more importantly, the only way to know if – so you write fiction when, you, when you're writing creatively, Corey? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, so you write fiction. Okay, so the only way to know – if you're writing the right story or the wrong story for you, because the story that you want to write is not going to be the story that I want to write, and there's no formula for it. So the only way to know is the feeling is to tell the difference between the feeling of effort to tell a story you don't really want to tell and that effortlessness that comes when you're hooked onto a story that you are authentically curious about. And that experience and the difference between effort and effortlessness extends all the way down to the word because the only way to know if you've got the right scene or the right character or the right sentence or the right word is that feeling of effortlessness when you let the right word in for you and that sense of, and the best word I can come up with is resistance when you're trying to force a story mm. or force yourself right. to write a story. Or, and really it's like trying to force yourself to be with someone you think is really nice and cute but right. you don't actually love them but you just say, well, they have a good job and they're very nice right. to me and so on. It's the same thing. And so you've got to know the difference. And, and when, you, when you feel that resistance, to know what it is and to not think, not to force yourself through it and not to criticize yourself for experiencing it. And finally... I write a lot about in Fearless Writing that the biggest problem every writer faces is asking, asking themselves the question, I wonder what other people will think about this work. It's, a very, it's really the whole book is about how not to ask that question because that question undoes us completely every time we ask it. And the, mm -hmm. and the quickest way to know if you're asking yourself, geez, I wonder what people will think about this or I wonder if there's a market for this, which is just a, another way of saying what do other people think of it, is how you feel because mm -hmm. every time you wonder – Every time you ask yourself the question, what do other people think about this, you will feel depressed. You will feel hopeless. You will lose all enthusiasm for your work. Not sometimes, but every single time. The same as ice is cold and fire is hot. And so if you feel that depression, you feel that sort of hopelessness or lack of enthusiasm, it means you have left the story you're trying to tell and are somehow trying to predict the future about what will become of it. And if you can recognize that experience, that sort of nauseating despair that comes over when we start saying, well, what if no one likes it? What if this is no good? Mm -hmm. what, what if, what if? Then you can recognize that feeling and know that that feeling is just information for you about where your attention has wandered. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you, you paid it. Just like if you're walking on a balance beam, you feel discomfort 
That is the feel of, of, of tipping left or right. That's your body telling you your attention has wandered left, your attention has wandered right. And it's trying to teach you to come back to center. Same is true mm-hmm. of writing. Same is true of writing. I was watching a, several videos on your website, and mm-hmm. the authors that you interview, I mean, these are authors like Amy Chan and Henry Winkler, who I love. Yeah. Um, how, I cannot say his name correctly, but the young man who wrote um, Aragon. Oh, Christopher Paolino. Paulino. Um, Paulino, yeah, I know. I had to figure that one out. Several of these authors say a lot of those same things. They say you, yeah. know, you need to just kind of stick with what you want to do and what you know and, and stay on that, as you put it nicely, that center, that beam. Yeah. Today yeah. I was I was reading something over on Medium, medium.com, and yeah, yeah, this, young yeah. lady, this young lady wrote an article. She happens to be a um, a software engineer, but then what she likes to do on the side is pole dancing. And so her whole, yeah, but her whole article was about this topic of not allowing other people to not being caught up in what other people think of you and, yeah. and just pushing forward. And that's what happens. I think with a lot of writers getting too caught up in their head about what, people oh. think, what is it, it doesn't matter what people think. No, <laughs> you know? but, uh, but here's the thing. I always say, you're not just a writer. You're actually an author, meaning you want to share your work with other people. And, and as soon mm-hmm. as you share it with one person, you quickly understand the strange thing, which is that you don't have any control over what happens when that other person mm-hmm. reads it. And mm-hmm. you want them to like it. I mean, if you want to have a career, somebody has to like it. And so it can become very – it seems almost pragmatic to start wondering what other people think of it because it seems so important. But – you're absolutely right that as soon as you start thinking about what other people will think, it undoes you. And, and the, mm-hmm. the sort of irony of, of powerful creative writing, really any kind of writing, but particularly creative writing where even if you're doing creative nonfiction like I do, you're still uh, coming up with your own idea and finding your own way to share it, uh, mm-hmm. is that the only way to connect to other people, to reach other people, to find something worth sharing and, and, and having the best chance of resonating with people you, you may never meet, in all likelihood you won't, and you'll never know, but the, the best way to do that is to forget about them completely and to go in completely to yourself, where you're, to your own curiosity, where your own curiosity and imagination meet, really. And when you allow yourself to rest in that fantastic intersection, that really limitless, that's you at your best, that's you mm-hmm. at your absolute best creatively and really as a person, frankly. Uh, well, you were talking that about is effortless. Your, that's where it comes from. When you're talking about it being effortless, that in psychology, we would call that flow. So you've that, gotten that's, I have a whole chapter called The Flow. <laughs> Not flow. The Flow. Yeah. The Flow. <laughs> you know, I just interviewed a guy named Amit Goswami. Now, Amit Goswami is a quantum physicist and a writer. And he was talking about everything, you know, God, death, love, and quantum physics. It's all linked together. But he said the flow, which, and the reason he loves to write is because of flow, what he calls flow. He said, next to enlightenment, it is the greatest thing in the world, flow. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're a quantum physicist or a romance writer. doesn't matter. That's that state of effortlessness. Mm-hmm. Things are coming mm-hmm. to you, Corey. You're not going out and getting them, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, you know, it's funny because I think this is one of the things that I mentioned in the in the beginning. I've been working on the third book in my series. It's called On Your Six. Uh-huh. And I wrote, I think I'm like in the fourth or 
so chapter or something. And then I stopped writing because I applied to graduate school. Okay. Right. But the reality is I hit, I hit a point where it wasn't flowing the way that I needed it to flow. Yeah. And I was like, yep. Oh, and I stopped and I took a step back. That's why I think, okay, in November, I've taken a little break from it. In November, I'll be on the, under the, you know, nano Ramo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nano spotlight, and that'll help push me because I kind of need that at this point. I need that kick in the seat of the pants sort of push to see what was going on. You but know, you see, and find where my flow was. Yeah, you know, but you see, you stop. See, this is interesting. Uh, I, I have this thing that I believe in procrastination. It's a, it's a reasonable response to a situation, which is if you're not enjoying yourself, for whatever reason, it makes sense not to do something. And mm-hmm. so if we reach a point in our writing where we're not flowing at all, it's no, really, there's no point to write if it doesn't flow. It's just miserable. Right. We do right. it to find that flow. The difference is what you want to learn to do to master, if you, want, if you really want to do creative writing as a career, uh, or as a part of your career at least, is to understand when you're not in it and to say and to learn how to learn the reasons why are you trying to force the story in a certain direction are you starting mm-hmm. to or did you get some reviews you didn't like or maybe reviews you did like and you thought I wanted what are they going to like this somehow you are either trying to write the story in a way it doesn't want to be written or you are becoming right. self-conscious about what other people might think of it something's keeping you out of that flow you know and it's yeah. not just it's yeah. not november and so that's the right. mastery that you we always everybody has to learn which is right. cuz i don't look I don't get into it. I have to find it every day. You know, I don't start mm-hmm. there by any means. I got to find it and mm-hmm. find it and find it. We it took do. me a while to figure out for, for on your six. It took me a while to figure out why I was hitting a wall and I did figure it out. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you did. I, I know. Yeah. I know what the issue why? is. Why? Why? Tell us. Ah, Tell us. The issue. There's something in the story. There's just something not clicking. And I was trying yeah. to make it go that direction. See, and I you said, it's not, it can't go that direction. Yeah. That's so right. I figured that out. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to go a, d- a different way. But going a different way means, oh, uh, I have to rewrite this and I have to work. Yeah. This. You didn't want to do that. You know, I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I really didn't. And so I, I, I know that's the issue. And so I was like, okay, yep. I, it'll be so much yep. easier now <laughs> because I've admitted it. And that's right. I can go back and, and I can fix it and, and make it work the way that I know it's supposed to work and the way it's supposed to be told and all that. It's so funny because I've said many times to other writers, I don't, and somebody that you interviewed said this too, talking about writer's block. He, he didn't believe in writer's block. And yeah. I don't either. I don't believe in it No, either. I don't think it's a thing. But I don't either. But, I think it's just you, but, just, you just keep writing. <laughs> well, also, the, store, the block is just your guidance system saying not this way. The only right. thing that's blocking you is the part of you that wants you to succeed. And you're saying, no, no, I got my ideas. I know just what I'm going to do. And by the way, I, for instance, I don't write fiction anymore. I used to. I, I believed that I was a fiction writer. It seemed to make sense. It was kind of an intellectual choice on my part. And I was a good storyteller. I like to tell stories and so on. But um, I really forced myself to write novels for about 20 years. And it did, nothing happened. You know, I had no kind of success, but I was absolutely determined, just like a novelist who tries to make their character go a certain way. I was mm-hmm. like trying to make myself go a certain way. And all my guidance system was saying, don't do it, change course. But I was like, well, no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm just going to forge ahead. And it didn't work. It didn't work. Until finally, I just had to do something different. And once I did, that's when things started happening. But it was only because I finally good. stopped trying to force this other thing. 
I was stubborn. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, but you found your flow, obviously, in the way that it was I did. To I did. go, which is awesome. You know, I want to bring this back to the whole the fear concept. I, I just wrote about that, actually. I did my first article on Medium, and it had to do with fear. And it yeah. was funny because I, I was sitting down one day, and I'm like, I need to think of a new way to think about fear. <laughs> right. Good. Oh, really? <laughs> so, really? Yeah, I need to think of a new way. So I decided that the way that I would look, think about fear is, came up with a new acronym for it, and it's Fabulous Effort Absolutely Required. So every Say it again. Time, fabulous Effort. Absolutely Required. Okay. I like it. Every time that I'm, I'm faced with something that I think, oh, I'm a little too scared to do it, this is what I have to think about, and then I push forward. Because there's some things, some people know me, think I'm just this fearless person. I'm like, no, there's things that I actually hesitate to do because I'm an introvert, and I tend to want to stay in my little bubble. <laughs> right. So I have to challenge myself to go out of my bubble on a very regular basis. And that's you're an, you're an introvert. And you and every other oh, yeah. writer on the planet. Yeah, I know. Except for the ones. <laughs> I can name a few who aren't. <laughs> Let me yeah, there say. are a couple. But, you know, even I tell you, Corey, even though I like to speak to groups and do keynotes and do these interviews, and other, I, I need time alone or I just go nuts. I I need to go to my cave, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, so I think my ultimately I'm kind I'm of an introvert there. too. <laughs> stay there. No, I do have to get out too, but. <laughs> but and I, you know, it's funny. I used to be in training and development. And I did that for ten years, and I loved it. And then I've been an entrepreneur uh-huh. for the last thirteen years. So and I loved that, you know, and getting out and being with people and all that. But since I started writing more and publishing and all that, I've become more in my shell. And that yeah. is what I'm trying to come back out of because I need to, oh, I like to facilitate. Man. I like to teach. I like to coach. I like to do those things. And so I'm like, oh, I, enough of this. <laughs> I need to come out right. of my, my little turtle shell and go do the things that I know that I'm meant to do, you know, right. and that I have strengths in. So yeah, that's, that, right. that's what I came up with the other day was this acronym for fear that I, I think of. I shared it with my, my son who's 12. And he's yeah. Like, what do you think? Cool. He got, you I got the Yeah. That's tough. Twelve-year-olds like, <laughs> don't want to give their parents much approval. No, nope. as a general rule. <laughs> and I My eighteen-year-old son said to me two nights ago. He looked at me and said, "Dad," and I don't think he meant in terms of my the wrinkles on my face or not. He said, "Dad, I think you've aged perfectly." <laughs> I almost hit the floor. I said, "Let's just hold that moment." <laughs> Let's just hold that moment forever. <laughs> well, see, I don't get those. I, I, I still get see, those. Well, that was a one-time thing. <laughs> <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. My kids are still floored with the whole, what do you, what do you mean you had these, like, typewriter things? Well, oh, yeah, well, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I know. the things that they don't realize, you know, that it comes oh, with a lot. Oh, it's crazy. Everything's techy to them. And- well, so you and for instance, I mean, you're um, a lot of. I know that you you you're involved with the indie publishing community, and mm-hmm. I mean that just ten years ago didn't really didn't oh, exist. Really, really different. Really, totally, it's changed I, so much over the last seven or eight years. It's crazy. Even before, yeah, I spoke with. I think it might have been my the first year of the show, maybe going into the second. I spoke with a, a woman named Beverly Brown. And she's a nonfiction author. She works a lot with 
helping people with grant writing and things like that. And she has been doing right. self-publishing, indie publishing for a number of years. And our conversation was awesome because she was able to give me insights into what it used to be like. <laughs> and how oh, challenging it was, I wouldn't have touched it with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Are you kidding? It was just a, it was, I mean, although Christopher Paolini, if you watched his interview, now that guy yeah. it started before there was any of this, he was just going around the country with a box of books I right. mean, it was really like primitive land, but it, it by they, but they worked so hard and they made that thing eventually it took off. But it was it's a you great know, it story. Took I mean, serious sweat. I should say his story, his writing. I read Aragon many, many years ago. My son has now read all of the books, and he oh, loved really? them. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, he loved them, and I haven't shown him the interview that you did. I'm going to show him um, tonight or tomorrow so he can see it. Oh, cool. Because he loved those books. But I yeah. also love that guy's story. Yeah, and I didn't really cool. know when you interviewed him, that's when I learned even more about the story. I didn't realize all the, the things like what you were just saying with the books and then going all over the place. With the books. Oh, it was, I mean, they were homeschooled and it was just, they were in the middle of nowhere too. You know, they were, I think they were kind of out in the boonies a little bit. So, which is not where like you want to be if you're a writer trying to sell your books by hand, essentially. Right. So, uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, one thing I always say to indie publish, so I, get, I don't, I used to get more of this, I get a little bit less of it when I teach about, well, should I indie publish or traditional publish and so on? And one of the things I would say, and I think it's still the case, I think it still applies to people who are interested in indie publishing is you do have, you, you are, I think, somewhat more than traditional. So uh, fearless writing is what we would call traditionally published. I have another book that was published traditionally sort of, but then that publisher folded, so I had to do it through CreateSpace just to keep it available. It's called Write Within Yourself. But but for sure, I think one of the big differences, you do have to be willing, you are more of a business person. You are really starting a kind of business when you start publishing mm-hmm. independently. You do have to be interested in all those different choices. And, and there are people I know who are great at that, who so have mm-hmm. this sort of psychology and the drive to be in charge of everything sort of, you know, right. and they like all that control and they like all that. And there are a lot of people who really are, and I think I'm one of them. I prefer to like just work with a lot of people and let them handle m- most of the stuff that isn't writing, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to know where yeah. you are. You do. Yeah. So, and I've, I've had lots of people on the show that fall on both sides. I've, I've also had yeah. people who are more of a hybrid where they've been able to do both. Uh, yeah. And I'm one of those people that I would go either way. I don't care. I've been indie publishing, but if my book wanted to get picked up by whoever, I'd say, all right, cool. If that's a good yeah. thing, it's a good thing. It wouldn't bother right. me. But I've also been an entrepreneur for 13, 14 years. Well, that's why, see, it, you really are like an entrepreneur. So if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, it it helps. There's just so much that goes into it. Also, the feeling of like mm-hmm. understanding it as a business I just think mm-hmm. it's very important that you have the right mindset because a lot of people go yeah. into it because they're afraid of rejection, essentially, I think. Yeah. And, and yeah. so they just circumnavigate it that way. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think for me it was, you know, I had my, I've had my share of rejections, um, but I still am willing to write to agents and, to, <laughs> and to sure. to, if I think the book is that, if that's going to be the best thing for the book I'm writing, that's the direction I'm going to go. If I think I can make it go as an indie thing, then I'll go the indie route. That's how I right. assess each project when I do oh, it. Good. Uh, good. And so I, that's my outlook on it. But that's a business perspective. That's not true. You're looking at it going, well, here's how I do this. And I outsource things. You know, I have a cover designer. Yeah. I have an editor. Yeah. I have people who do the things that I don't excel at doing. I hire someone good. to do them. <laughs> that's yeah. just the way and there's a lot of people who do that stuff now. 
this, it's a it's a changing world, and it's created a whole sort of cottage industry of editors and layout people, yeah. and essentially people who I have a friend who he's a great guy used to be a college professor, and now he's essentially created he's almost like a little publisher, and then he'll do it for you. He'll help you edit mm-hmm. your book, he'll help you get the design, and even like distribution stuff. So uh, there's just a whole bunch of people who have sprung up to help people with all that stuff, you know. Yeah, well, including coaching because there, it seems That's like there's right. a lot more people coaching writers than there used to be before. I mean, I, that's from what I've observed because coaching is something I'm getting into, but not from a writing perspective. And yeah. so I'm sort of paying attention to that field and going, wow, there's a ton of writing coaches. Well, there's <laughs> a lot of book doctors, which I like, so I want to be clear if any of the listeners hear this and think they would like to hire me to edit their book. I don't do that. I don't do it, but I do work sometimes with people where they'll send me stuff and we'll talk about, look at how this is working. Look how that's not working. See what you did here. See what you didn't do there. So they can see for themselves. And, and, and I've had a lot of luck sort of speeding up the learning process for Mm -hmm. uh, people who are particular, I should say, particularly for the people who write memoir and what would broadly Mm -hmm. be called self-help because there are Mm -hmm. certain challenges in that genre, those genres that I, seem to understand um Mm -hmm. so i will help them with that but i'm particularly interested in the sort of emotional coaching it's almost kind of like a it's almost like therapy in a way in terms of talking about what they're afraid of and why they can't Mm -hmm. write and what and all that and i'm Mm -hmm. very interested in that and i love working with people on that and in fact when i do fearless writing workshops usually the last third or half of it is just is me going through as many of the students as i can and talking to them about what their challenge is and sort of talking them through it um a la a, a life coach, and it's always what's exciting their, and dynamic and different every time. What's their number one fear that they identify? Uh, well, I think the the one of the biggest ones is they don't have they they say I can't have I don't have time to write, and what they really mean mm-hmm. is I'm afraid that writing is a waste of time because I can't right. know it's going anywhere, and it's and right. it's impossible to find time in your day to do something that you think might be a waste of time. It won't mm-hmm. lead to some kind of success. And that conflict over predicting the future, knowing, yeah, I like it. Like, I'm having fun writing this thing. But what if it's not going anywhere? What if people don't like mm-hmm. it? How long, you know, the future seems so far out and un- un- unreachable. And as soon as those thoughts come in, you, the writing day is over. You can't write and worry about whether mm-hmm. it's going somewhere or not. And mm-hmm. uh, that is a big one. But frankly, almost every single fear is just another iteration of what will other people think of it? What if yeah. it's no good? What if I fail? What if I fail? Which, right. which has a lot to do with what other people think of your work. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down, Corey, to – so, you know, so I, I always liken writing to a relationship uh, with my imagination. So I go there. I ask a question. My imagination or my muse or God or whatever you are comfortable with answers it, Right. So it's mm-hmm. like a relationship. And I feel like once I understood it that way, uh, it got much easier because I didn't have to do everything. I was in a relationship with something, right? Well, mm-hmm. I've learned that – and the worst thing I could do when I'm writing is to think about what other people might think. And I've learned mm-hmm. in my relationships, my human person-to-person relationships, like with my wife or my kids or my friends, but particularly my wife because I'm who I spend the most time with um, – the worst thing I can do is think I know what she thinks. As soon mm-hmm. as I, every time I've been in an argument with her, 
in particular with her, and also with my, my, the son who's at home still, is because I thought I knew what they were thinking. And so this rule of writing, of, never, of get out of other people's heads, it applies 24-7. Get out mm-hmm. of other people's heads. You are always wrong when you think you know what other people – it's none of my business. And the best way for me to, to be honest with people and to be compassionate with people and to be useful to people and to be friendly with people is not to worry about what they're thinking, but to pay attention to what it is I would honestly like to share, which is just what writing mm-hmm. is. You know, mm-hmm. you can't write to some imaginary audience, although I will say this. This is the one sort of caveat to that, which is when I'm writing uh, – I am writing to this sense of like if I'm talking – so I have already met you virtually, and I can tell certain things about you just because of how you are. I'm sure you can tell certain things about me. And so if I were talking to you, just the fact that I know you're a writer, I would talk about writing differently than if I was talking to, say, uh, my grocer, you know, because I don't know what they think about creativity and whether they've written anything. So so I tell stories differently depending on what I know about a person. Mm -hmm. But when I'm writing for the page, not knowing anything about – my audience, except that maybe they're into spirituality or creativity or something. Uh, I have to write to something universal in the human psyche, the human spirit. Mm-hmm. So I always seek the most that universal part of myself, which is, I believe, the universal part of others. So I am writing towards some, like I said, universal concept of humanity that goes beyond age and gender and race and all the different forms that humanity can take. And I found that to be very useful to always think of something just human. And that's my readership. All of mm-hmm. humanity, Corey, all the of whole humanity. of it. That's my readership. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> and agents love that. All of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> you know, your point about the whole, that when we think about uh, what other people think about what we're writing. Oh. My challenge, one of my challenges when I was writing, when I first started writing for my character in my uh, mystery series, it's Desiree Jackson. In any case, um, I was worried about. Wait, wait, what what's her name? Don't be shy. Desiree. What's your name? Desiree, Desiree Jackson. Jackson. Shout it out. I was, I was worried about what my father would think about what I was writing. Uh, right. Yeah. And so, and where this came into play most, was here I'm trying to write these scenes that are, they're not necessarily intense sexual scenes, but they're, right. you know, there's a relationship between this woman right. and this man, and I've got to write this, and he's going to read this, and I'm thinking, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't do it, can you? And it's no. really hard. So all the, people, all the people listening who are in that similar circumstance, you got to get over it. <laughs> you you have do. to dive in. Well, you have to, yeah, you, you have to just, you have to dive in and you have to, because, oh, here's the other thing I say, you know, that flow state we were talking about, that yeah. flow state. And by the way, all your listeners, if you write and you've ever had that experience where it maybe it's just for, and maybe not for the entire writing session, but usually you experience some portion of the writing. You'll have this experience where you lose track of time and you stop paying attention to the world around you and you, you, you're you more interested in your characters than in what's going on outside your window or on television or whatever. You're so immersed in it and you're having fun and characters are doing things that surprise you and you're following it. That And, and it's effortless. It's always kind of an effortless story that you're chasing. That is what life feels like when you forget to care what other people think. That's what it exactly. feels like. That's it. Exactly. And, and it's, you forget 
to worry about the future. You forget <laughs> to worry what other people think. And I believe that the flow state is, is, is our natural state. And all mm-hmm. the suffering and struggle is actually an unnatural state. But we all, most of us, spend a lot of time there. But it doesn't mean it's what we're meant to experience on a regular basis. And I spend more and more time in something resembling the flow, even when I'm not writing, by seeking it as opposed mm-hmm. to just hoping it drops in my lap like a bird or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure I want a bird to fall in my lap, but okay. <laughs> then maybe not. So a cat. <laughs> a cat who's decided to be friendly at that moment. Oh, Billy, you just, it's such a pleasure to always talk with you. And I, I really just have, um, one question for you that's left at this point. All right. And I think you might recognize this question. Oh, no, you're going to borrow one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> if writing has taught you anything, what has it taught you? Now, I didn't say it exactly the way that you do, but what has writing taught you? It's, it's writing has taught me. Okay, I've answered this question a bunch of different ways because it's taught me a lot. I mean, it's really taught me everything. But I will tell you this. First thing that came to mind is writing has taught me to care about myself. Writing has taught me because by and it's taught me that by saying you have to care about how you feel. You're supposed to be enjoying yourself. That's your job. That is your job, Bill, to enjoy yourself. And that means caring about my experience more than anything else, caring about it more than success caring about more than money, said you have to care about how you feel above everything else. And it teaches me that every time I write, because the only way I can have a good session is if I get into that flow state and it always feels good. And I have to care about feeling good in the way you do when you're in the flow more than anything else. And has definitely taught me that. It has, it has absolutely taught me that, almost unlike any other experience. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that with everyone who's listening to the show and everybody who's going to listen to it later. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Much. Thanks for having me on. I'm telling you, I Keep love up the good work. <laughs> well, thank you. You too. You know, I have to go and look at everything that's on your site. I got behind. That's right. I didn't even know about the Henry Winkler thing. And I was like, oh, my God, Henry Winkler, it's the fun. That's, oh, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of them. All of them are on YouTube, on my YouTube page. They're all there on the YouTube page. William, I think it's William Canauer, oh. you know, William Canauer on YouTube. But, yeah, they're all on there. And uh, check them out. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Everything actually links to everything through uh, WilliamCanauer.com. My coaching and the interviews and author and all that is on WilliamCanauer.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. My pleasure. Have a great evening. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Go over, check out his book. It's Fearless Writing, How to Create Boldly and Write with Confidence. You know, one of the things that Bill reminds me of, or one of the people he reminds me of, is somebody that's in my own area, uh, David Martin. He's just, both of these people are people who you just you start talking to them and you think, I can trust this person. I can tell them stuff, you know. They've got that about them, this easy demeanor. And so, yeah, if you are someone who's looking for advice about your writing, how to go through stuff, go check out William's website, williamknauer.com. I was over there, and as I said, I was looking through a bunch of videos that I didn't even realize were there. It's been a while since I went to that website. I said, oh, my gosh, 
fabulous, fabulous information. And as I said, he's got a great interview style. So check him out and see what you think. And if you happen to get his book and you like it, be sure to leave some review love over on Amazon or wherever you happen to pick up his book. Because that is, of course, how other people learn about other people's books is by those reviews. So I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. <laughs>